Let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is not like any other conference out there. This is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors, teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real estate investors. And because you are a part of the Successfully Unemployed podcast, I'm giving you 20% off your RubeCon pass. That's right. Get 20% off of your RubeCon pass. Use the promo code SU20 or SU20. You need to be at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. Join us in the heart of downtown St. Louis, March 14th through the 16th for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference. It's a community of investors. Get your pass. Go to RubeCon.com, R-E-W-B-C, com and use the promo code SU20 or SU20 to get 20% off of your Rubicon pass. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing, by having a side hustle, by being a freelancer in every way possible. And today, I'm super pumped to bring on an expert who is a real estate investor that shows us how we can retire early, become successfully unemployed by owning real estate. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. Welcome to the show. So pumped as always to have you here on the show with me and you come every single week. Hopefully you are now changing your life. Hopefully you've spotted something. Now, here's one thing that I love is taking action. Now, not just taking action on anything. And here is something that I want to share with you of what sets apart the people who become successful employed and the ones that just listen to the podcast over and over again. They find something in the show. Let's say it's real estate investing. Let's say it's creating your own bridal store. Let's say it's being a YouTuber, whatever it might be. But they then take action. They get started doing it. Now, what we do at Successful Employed is literally just give you the idea of what you can do and what other people have done by showing you other people and what they have already accomplished, what they've already done in their life. Now, the sad thing is if you don't actually take action on this. Now, a favorite quote that I have, or it's a proverb, I guess, maybe Chinese proverb or something. When is the best time to plant a tree? Well, it was 20 years ago. The next best time is literally today. As you're listening to the show week in, week out, it'd be a shame if 20 years from now, you think back and said, man, I was listening to that show, Successful Unemployed. Dustin had on this guy talked about real estate investing or talked about being a copywriter or talked about uh, being a YouTuber or a podcaster, whatever it might be. I wish I would have taken action back then. Now I'm still working this dead-end J-O-B, that just overbroke job. Don't let that be you. I'm bringing these people on because these people are showing you what they've done and how you can do it too. So I want to give you encouragement that if you have not gotten started, 
Now is absolutely the best time. And today, we're going to be talking about the subject, my, literally my favorite subject to talk about in business, real estate investing. And my expert coming on the show today has figured out how to invest in real estate. We actually just talk shop. Like you hear us talk about how I real estate invest and how he real estate invests or invest in real estate, but how we do it and how, you know, comparing notes. And we want you to see that it's absolutely possible. In fact, what I'm seeing right now in America, this is literally going to be, I think 2023 is going to be the best time ever, 2024 and 25. Those are going to be the best time ever to invest in real estate. Prices are going to come down. Rents are still going to stay up high because people always need a place to live. And real estate investing is going to make so many people wealthy and rich in this next couple of years. So if you take anything from this show today, realize that right now is going to be the best time to invest in real estate. And when you think about it, Real estate investing is kind of like surfing. Surfing, you don't want to start paddling after the wave passes you. You start paddling to get momentum before the wave gets to you. And then you catch that wave and ride it on in. Same thing with real estate investing. Actually, same thing in business and in life. You start learning now. Start building your business now. Start investing now so that when that wave comes, the wave of amazing real estate that you can buy, you're already ready so you can capitalize on that. And let's jump into today's show where I interview an expert real estate investor, Axel Meyerhofer on the show. All right, here we go. Axel Meyerhofer, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, Dustin, thank you for having me. Man, this is great to finally get to meet. We've been connected for a little while now. And well, let's jump right into it. So what do you do to provide for yourself and your family without working that dead-end J-O-B? Well, two things. On the one hand, I'm basically collecting the passive income from the properties that I invested in. And the other part is I'm mentoring other people to come to me into our ideal investor company to learn how to do the same thing. That's great. Now, with that real estate investing, did it, you probably didn't always do it. Like, what were you doing before that? And then how did you get into real estate investing and then get the nerves to be able to actually quit your job? <laughs> yeah, well, depends a little bit on how far you go back. First, I um, was an officer in the Air Force and flew around in fighter jets and had the chance to do an exchange job with the US Air Force that took me to New Mexico for a few years. And initially it was thought to be just a few years and then it became such a long time that I got close to what they call retirement from flying when your body is just not able to take the stress of flying anymore. And they offered me to continue flying desks and I said, no, flying desks, not me. <laughs> so don't want to do that. Uh, got recruited then into a software company. And with that, I realized, okay, I've reached an age where the pension from the military is not going to cut it for life expenses. And the remaining years, even if I were to put a pretty good amount of any kind of salary away, would probably also not end up a whole lot because, in my opinion, the government isn't very good at putting money aside, you know. So, um, so that basically triggered for me to say, okay, I need to do something on my own. And this whole thing started in the early 2000s when we had the dot-com bubble burst and stock market in the dumpster and stuff. So for me, I thought, well, that's really not a place I want to be in. So where else can I go? And where I went was basically to look at where do successful people put their money? And I was admittedly somewhat surprised. Today, I'm often asking myself, why was I surprised? But at the time, I was pretty surprised how many people, especially like celebrities in movies and acting and stuff, invest in real estate. And um, 
I thought I need to learn more about it. And that's how we basically got into it. I mean, we had lived for rent, we had owned a house and stuff, but it was never really with a professional idea behind it. Yeah. So what year was it when you first got started? Uh, about 2005 was really when it got started because as I mentioned, when I retired from the military, I got recruited into the software company and everybody told me at the end of my military career that I can only be successful in the business world if I have a degree. So I had a job and I went to uh, university at night to get my degrees. But that those, or those two degrees were in leadership and organizational management. And in, in a sense, that was a mistake because learning how to do it or supposed to do it and then seeing in my company how it was done in practice <laughs> I said, no, that's that's definitely not how it should be. But I, I was hesitant and asked the other executives, you were a team of five people, what are you thinking about this? What are you thinking about that? And to my surprise, most of them were saying, yeah, you're right, that shouldn't be like this. And ultimately, I said, okay, well, what do we do about it? We went to the owner, president of the company and said, we, we believe we should make some changes. And he said, okay, well, you know, take some time, put something together, come back and, and uh, make a presentation. And we did that. And then at the presentation, he and the people he just recently had brought in as co-investors into his company, listened to our presentation, was about 4.30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. The next morning at nine, they told us, no, we don't need that. Which basically meant, I always call it my one and only mutiny in my career. So it basically meant, okay, you can't work in a company where you don't believe the way the leadership and the operations work and the same people that you would ask to change don't want to change. So in 2005, I quit that job. And then the question was, what do I do next? And so for me, it was, okay, I work for the government. I was an employee, so I better start my own company to see how that goes. You know, and that's, how, that's what I did. I know what you mean. And with, I worked with the government. It was a local county government in California. And I just realized, like, there's, there, there's no uh, – there's maybe a little advancement. You might become a manager. But, like, literally, you're just living just over broke. And it was just, for me – I felt like I was just dying there because it was so slow paced. It was just horrible. But then when I started my own business, started investing, started building other businesses, oh my goodness, I felt so much more alive. I felt like I had more energy. And at the same time, as soon as I was able to quit my job, my goodness, then I just started building business after business. That's great. Now, with the real estate investing, what's your main focus? Is it single family? Would it be multifamily land investing? What's your main focus in your real estate investing? Well, the main, I would call the main focus residential real estate investing. So basically anything from single family to fourplex to be eligible to stay within that lending frame, you know, and for your audience, I'm sure they know this, but uh, anything from single, duplex, triplex, fourplex, you can get basically the same kind of lending you would get for your own house. And for me, I, I really dug into that and I believe I've gotten pretty good at understanding that. And I always say when people ask me, oh, I want to graduate to apartment complexes or storage units and stuff, I say, well, I know people, I've interviewed plenty of people by now um, who do this and specialize, but it's not me. And I found that the different categories in real estate are really different. You know, it's 
it's not just a bigger house. The whole rules and, and how it goes and how you get money and how it's valued and how it's evaluated and and all that kind of stuff is different depending on which category you're in. So we decided we stay in residential. I know what you mean. And I personally like my bread and butter is residential as well. But there are a lot of great other investors who do other things. And so yeah. it's been great with the podcast and getting to know more people. It's been great really seeing them in their business and then talking to them and eventually partnering with them on a deal or, you know, becoming an equity partner and a, a limited partner where you're actually investing some of your money with them. It's just, there's so many options. Now I don't want to be an expert, at all of them, you know, from storage units to land investing, all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, other people are. So that's, what's great about real estate investing is if we help each other out, we try to make sure that we are um, encouraging each other where uh, if they have any questions that we can help them out to invest and they can help us out. It's just a better time in general for investing yeah, if you do that. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, for me, it's always been, and maybe this comes from all the way back from my military time, I rather know something to the maximum extent possible or as close as I can get really digging deep rather than having like a five inch deep across all kinds of things understanding and like you said i mean our we call our community of of clients the tribe so we actually as the tribe um came together collected the money together and then invested uh, with an expert in a syndication for like a 250 unit apartment complex but I built a trusting relationship to the person who has done this 30 times over for like hundreds of millions of dollars. And that is a little bit different than me trying to learn what he already knows. And I want to pause for a quick second and share that. Honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And I did that, accomplished that at 37. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find the area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income, scale it up to quit your job. I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. I absolutely agree. I, I There's no need to be, you can't be an expert at everything. It's just, no, it's exactly. impossible. No. But knowing other people who are experts in different areas. Now, that that's the best way to go. Now, with that, if we wanted to get started investing in real estate, would you suggest now that you're you're doing like you're investing also in syndications, 250 apartment comp or unit apartment complexes as well as residential? Would you suggest that we should jump into residential first or multifamily syndications? What would you suggest if we wanted to get started investing in real estate? Well, I'm obviously extremely biased to, towards residential, but I, I want to give people reasons if if you're okay with that that are independent of the fact that I'm focusing and, and preferring that area. The first thing is, what kind of money do you actually need to bring to the table? 
right? And if you think about it, even nowadays with the increased prices, if you have $35,000, $40,000, you can get a nice property that is performing and cash flowing pretty much from day one uh, in the right area from the right provider. Right. As soon as you go into any other category that I know at least about, that's not going to cut it. Right. And it's not just that it's not going to cut it from a lending perspective, because the percentages of your participation are typically higher, the, um, the rates are higher in general. But it's also that the value of the asset is so much bigger that even if you were to be able to do just 20 percent down or something like that, you're talking typically more like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. So. I don't know of any other place where you can literally outright own an asset for that money. And I mean, there used to be when I first started, you could buy a house, a small three bedroom, two bath house somewhere in Ohio or in Idaho or stuff for 15,000 down payment. Right. I mean, I don't know if, if you can still find them, you probably don't want to own them, but you know, that's when I started. And even now at 30,000 or 35,000, um, that's a number that in most other categories in real estate investing, you just can't stop. I love the return on the single family homes or residential. So residential four units and below that return is fantastic. Now, how do you make sure that you like, can we, can we invest anywhere in the country? Meaning do we have to live right next to where we invest as well as how do we make sure that we're going to be making money? Like, do we invest for appreciation? What, what is your thoughts about how we actually do it right without, because if you, if you invest in 2005, you saw the 2008 crash and you're investing through that. How did that, how does that look for us as investors to make sure we don't have something like that happen to us again and with our investing lose money? Yeah, well, I mean, for one, I would say that the just generalized answer is you can theoretically invest anywhere in the country. But if you look, let's say, in a strip of about 100 miles wide along the border of the United States, you know, most of it is water, obviously, but some of it is Canada. But if you if you look at that uh, along the border where, where you have water uh, on the other side, you will find that most of those places are very expensive. And if you want to make it work and want to basically invest with the purpose of creating cash flow and passive income and quit your job and so forth, you have to come up with pretty creative ways. Now, I know, and some people insist to invest close to where they live. There are creative ways, but I can't say one thing for sure. Again, you're not going to start with thirty-five dollars or $40,000 just because the asset value in those places is significantly higher. Now, the whole purpose that, or the whole reason behind me actually starting Idea Wealth Grower as a business was because I have pretty much for the most of my time outside of the military lived in California. And that's just not a place where you can easily get a cash flowing property for a reasonable investment amount. So that now means, okay, so I got to go somewhere where the ratio between price and rent is good. Or you can say at the time when we started, we were always saying it has to make, meet the 1% rule. What comes with that and what is really, the, in my opinion, the biggest caveat, and I'm curious if you would agree to that, is how do you make sure that the property is taken care of when you're 1,000 or 2,000 miles away from it? And so for me, the solution has always been to work with turnkey providers, but not just any. For me, the turnkey providers have to do three things all under one roof. They have to find the property, buy it, and renovate it. 
they have to market and sell it for me for a price that appraises so the lender is willing to lend on that price. And under the same umbrella, they also have to have the property management. And especially property management and renovation under one roof gives at least some assurance that they know that their same company is going to have to manage the crap that they did in the renovation or the good things they did in the renovation, right? And so you would hope that since they don't want to lose their jobs for doing crappy work, they do it right in the beginning and you don't have something in your property that is fully renovated, has just been inspected, has just been appraised. And six months later, you have all kinds of stuff falling apart. As long as that hemp happens under one umbrella, and there are not that many, there are some companies like that who do that, then you can be almost anywhere and invest in those properties. And I like to challenge, and I, again, would say, would be interested, Dustin, what you say, but I like to challenge anybody who says, yeah, but these turnkey properties are more expensive. And say, okay, then let's do this for two or three years and you show me all the repairs that you had to pay because you bought it in some way from somebody who claimed that they did a great job, but the thing is actually falling apart left and right here and there. And you have constantly cost that you wouldn't have because you wouldn't obviously force a turnkey provider to give you some sort of a warranty. So the turnkey properties do, the providers give you a warranty on the property? How long does that last? Uh, well, it depends. Um, like we have one that gives you a standard one-year warranty, or you can have something they call that the signature series, where you have it three years, anything that they had in the SOW, in the statement of work of repairs. If any of those things that were listed as part of the purchase contract uh, has an issue, then they fix it. Got it. That makes sense. So I found that turnkey providers, the only reason why they're doing it is to make money. And they wouldn't do this if they weren't going to make money. Now, I think investors, it's a great idea to use turnkey providers to get your, your properties. That's just realizing that you're going to leave some money on the table, meaning they're going to make their cut from the buy. Let's say if Let's say it's a $200,000 house. They buy it for $100,000 because it needs a lot of work. And they put in 50 grand to fix it up. And then they sell it to you for 190 and they make 40 grand. You have a little bit of equity in the end, but they made 40 grand, which is totally fine. You know, if, if, if that's uh, the business model that you, that they're doing and you want to invest in totally fine. I personally also like to capture that equity when I buy properties and have my own crews actually doing the work. But at the same time, they're great. They're great. As long as you get a property, in my opinion, that makes you money and passive income every single month, then that's what's really what's going to pay off in the long run. Because I know when it crashed in 2008 to 2009, when the market crashed, I had so many people that I knew, and you also hear of all lots of them, these investors that they invested for appreciation. They weren't investing for cash flow. They right. went bankrupt. Yeah. yeah, they went No, absolutely. absolutely. I, I heard a lot. Yeah, I agree and heard a lot of them as well. The, the reason that I put such an emphasis on high quality turnkey providers like REI Nation or something like that, um, is when you live, like I first lived for 10 years in Santa Barbara and then for six years now in, in San Diego, and my properties are in Idaho, in Florida, in Ohio, in, in Tennessee. I mean, for one, I would have to have crews all over the place and I could never supervise them because I'm not gonna go on a thousand or 2000 mile trips all the time, right? So ultimately doing it that way, if you happen to be in an area and that's like I said, where we started. Now we have clients everywhere and not everybody lives in a high priced area, but that's how we started to say, how can somebody replicate what I did? Build a portfolio, 
in performing locations when you can't be anywhere close. So I got two questions with that. What areas would you suggest would be good? And with that, what's the, you know, you said we want good properties and they're a little more expensive, but what areas and what are the price points in these areas? Well, I used to answer that straight out, but I think uh, in the last, by what do we have now, November, 11 months, let's say, or so far this year, that answer has shifted a little bit. It used to be that we were saying, okay, you can find good properties that are renovated and you can find good properties that are built to rent. Now with this environment that we're in, I'm actually advocating to buy properties that are built to rent. Um, so for example, we buy properties in Memphis right now that are built to rent and they cost 165,000 and they bring in 1350 in rent. They're brand new. Literally you sign the contract, you give them $2,500 they build the house when it's done, you close and off you go. Um, so that's one example. And then the other place where we're doing the same thing is in Florida. And you might know some of the names of the companies that operate there that are trustworthy. And it's the same model. But the reasoning for going to new build properties and away from renovated properties is because I personally believe that the appreciation opportunity has been basically taken care of in 19, 2019 to 2021, end of 21. The, the rent or the, the renovated properties, some properties that are 30, 40, 50 years old have appreciated to the point that their price levels are pretty much the same like the 160 that I'm paying for my Memphis house, right? So it makes not really much sense to buy a house that is renovated and 40 years old versus a brand new one besides codes and stuff like that. The other part is new build, most cases in my experience, I'm not claiming to be the absolute expert on it, but in my experience, new build properties attract slightly better uh, financially situated tenants that can afford the, the pay. And they do this also from their perspective consciously because they want to live in a relatively or brand new house. The third part of that is when they get the opportunity to be the first tenant in that house, they typically don't move out in, in a year or two, right? So those are some of the reasons, um, you know, and when you're struggling to find something that still makes positive cash flow in this environment, that's my solution. I'm not saying it's the one and only, but that's the one that we are pursuing right now. Well, it's the one that works for you. That's that's great. Like my business model works for me, but not everybody. Meaning yeah. if they want to do something else, like I'm not saying that I have the only, there's so many other great ways to invest in real estate. Okay. So yeah. if we're going to buy a house, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying absolutely right. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. So if we're going to buy a house, let's say Memphis, I want to take your example buying it for $165,000 for, if you live on the coastlines in America, you're thinking, wow, a brand new house for $165,000. Yes. There are homes that are less than let's say $500,000, you know, so there are great places to invest in now with that. So if we buy it for $165,000 brand new, that is awesome. No quote unquote, no repairs. Like I would say most likely you're going to get very, very little. I mean, these are brand new. So hopefully you're not getting very many um, repairs and maintenance things. So that's helping a lot with little expenses. With that, if we could rent it for $1,350, how much in passive income would you make from that one property? You buy for $165,000, rent it for $1,350. Well, with the, with the current rates, which anybody who is looking at this uh, are fluctuating quite a bit from even week to week these days, but you end up probably in the area of about $300. 
and there's there is a, an important point to consider why I'm saying 300. I'm always advocating that people who don't have yet a relatively substantial portfolio should take 10 to 15% of the rent for maintenance, vacancy, and capex. Now, if you take that out, and keep in mind, this is not the reserve just for that one property, it's the reserve for your portfolio. Now, in our training or in our mentoring, I always say, every person individually has to decide how big should the reserve be. My number that I always use and people chuckle about it is, how many roofs do you need to repair simultaneously? Why? Because when you ask any contractor what's the most expensive thing to replace on a house, it's the roof. Right now, this comes from the times when we bought renovation properties where they said, oh, that roof has still five years to go. Well, then when these five years are over, you have to do a new roof, typically five, six thousand dollars or so. So when you say, OK, well, I'm building a portfolio, I want to have the equivalent money of five roofs. So maybe 30,000 or three roofs or four roofs. What is realistic? Because it doesn't make sense to have that reserve balloon into a, a crazy amount of money. If you don't have that number yet, I'm still recommending to take 10 to 15%, even if it's on a new property. And one quick thing I wanted to mention, Dustin, on a new property, other than on a renovated property, there are actually insurance products where you can insure pretty much any of the major systems in the house for up to 10 years. And the fees for because it's brand new are really pretty low. So I actually recommend it's not even from the builder warranty. It's just literally an insurance policy. You pay about 800 bucks. You know, so that's definitely worth it because it's cheaper. And you can take those 10% of the rent aside for like three or four months. And then your insurance is paid. And you have no worries. You will never have to pay anything for maintenance besides the fact that it's new. But so that's either 300 or if you don't have to do this, the $135 or more like $150 a month, then you can get to 450 in the in the passive income. So if I'm, I'm just trying to do the math in my head. So if we're going to get a mortgage for $165,000, put what, 20% down, correct? Yeah, you wouldn't do a mortgage for 165. You would kind of probably get a mortgage for like 120. Yeah, yeah. So you're putting, putting 20% down like $30,000 or so. Um, what would the mortgage payment be about $850 for the mortgage payment? Yeah, something like that. And then I always calculate 10% for the for the property management, right? So you write around uh, 1000. And then you basically 350 or if you get like a little less property management, like these are all things that have to do with what's what's your deal, right? Like in my case, I have a location, we have multiple properties, and I told the property management straight out, if you still want to manage multiple properties, I'm not going to pay you 10%, right? So we agreed to eight. So that might not sound like much, but depending on how many properties we're talking, it adds up. It could definitely so, add up. You know, that's why you you get probably in the, in the order, order of 350, 400 or so is your cash flow. Got it. So the mortgage, 850, like taxes, insurance, we're probably getting close to maybe $1,050, maybe somewhere around <laughs> there. Um, then we have the property management 10%. Let's hopefully, you know, if we get to 8%, that'd be great. But if it's running for 1350, we're probably about a hundred dollars um, a month. So we're at 1150 and if we're renting for 1350, there's $200 left over, but then we have, um, uh, like you said, the maintenance. So we're getting really close. I don't know. I don't see how you can get the third, the $300 a month in passive income. Help me out. Well, what, we, what we basically do is we put the insurance into the purchase, right? Like, so you, you, buy the insurance policy as part of the purchase. 
So you don't have to pay monthly for this or annually anymore. You just say, okay, I want three years, five years, seven years insurance policy, and you just buy that together. I always say, let the bank pay 80% of that and you pay 20% of it. And then people say, why is that? And I say, well, because the 80% are ultimately going to be paid by your tenants. Got it. No, I well, ultimately, hopefully, you're going to have all of your expenses paid for by your tenants. Like we want to be making passive income on top right, of but all the expenses. What ends up happening, you end up happening going from 120 loan to 122 or something like that. Right? Got it. So that makes it's maybe 855 then instead of 850 or 850. Do you count for, sure? Do you count for vacancy factor as well? Um, well, we normally do on, on the properties. On the other hand, um, we do something that I call cash flow parking. So it's an, an indirect way to answer that question about vacancy. And what I mean by cash flow parking, I don't know if you've heard about this, but there are now um, platforms available for real estate investing that basically say, okay, I, I, I explain it real quick. And, and you, if, you, if you wanna go deeper, we can. Just imagine you had that same property and somebody owning a company comes along and says, okay, I buy one, two, three Memphis Main Street property for 165 in cash. And I call it one, two, three Main Street in Memphis LLC. And then I go to Dustin and Axel and his tribe and Dustin's tribe and so forth and say, hey, you can buy shares in this company for 50 bucks each. And you just decide how many. Now, that kind of a platform is what we use in my tribe to put our cash flow in. And these properties are basically, and, and you, since it's $50 increments, one month I might have $200 per property. So I buy four of those shares. Next month I have $500 and I buy 10 of those shares. So over time, and obviously they constantly sell new properties. So you have a whole list of these properties. You get your K1s for it, you get, and which is actually important for your audience to know people would always say, well, a real estate transaction is typically a lengthy thing in comparison to buying and selling stocks or stuff like that. With this platform, at least the one that we are using, you get your rent paid from the LLC of each property every day, which then also means any day you can say, I wanna sell my shares. You're always, your ledger, if you look at it from an accounting perspective, is always done at the end of the day. And so that way you can put your cash flow in there. And that is kind of my way for our clients to do things like make maintenance, vacancy, um, CapEx and stuff, because we let all the cash flow run into that. And if we ultimately say we want some, you know, for our own expenses, we need a car, we need something, or even we have accumulated to a point where we want to buy the next property, you just liquidate those, those shares. That makes a lot of sense. Man, Axel, yeah, there's so much more to learn. And I know everybody, they need to check out your podcast as well. They need to check out your, and hopefully join your tribe. So we're running out of time. I definitely want everybody to know how can they find you? How can they get to know more about how to do this awesome thing as real estate investing? Yeah, they find us at the easiest way at idealwealthgrower.com. And if you have two minutes after 30 seconds, it offers you a strategic call. After another 30 seconds, it offers you to sign up for the newsletter or if you and i think this is always nice i created uh, what i call the mindset manual for your audience and anybody else who's interested you just go idealwealthgrower.com forward slash free because i find and i hope you agree dustin real estate investing has a lot to do with mindset 
right? And so I'm trying to help people to realize how much do I see myself as a victim and how much have I already evolved to see myself as the creator of my own future. And wherever you are on that spectrum, we give you some exercises and activities you can do to get closer and closer to the creator of your own future. So that's basically the best way to find us. I love it, Axel. And what was the name of your podcast? The podcast is called The Ideal Investor Show. Awesome. Everybody check out his podcast and hopefully you guys will be able to become real estate investors as well. Axel, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing such awesome wisdom. I appreciate you, man. Yeah, thank you, Dustin. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders Membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successfully unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. Let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is not like any other conference out there. This is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors, teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real estate investors and because you are a part of the successfully unemployed podcast i'm giving you 20 percent off your rubicon pass that's right get 20 percent off of your rubicon pass use the promo code su20 or su20 you need to be at the real estate wealth builders conference join us in the heart of downtown st louis march 14th through the 16th for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference it's a community of investors get your pass go to rubicon.com r-e-w-b-c 
S-U-T-O-N.com and use the promo code SU20 or SU20 to get 20% off of your Rubicon Pass. 